Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast. I'm your host, Whit Barfield. It's Monday, February 1st, 2021, and we are depressed here at the ATK studio. Is officially the last week of football season. But negatives aside, the Super Bowl is this Sunday. The college football world is always throwing new twists at us every single day. So, of course, we still have a lot to talk about on here. So, uh, let's uh, let's hear from the boys before we get into it. How are y'all doing this week? Oh, Whitworth, you forget that we have FCS football starting next weekend. College football lives on forever. Uh, honestly, not, we don't really have any allegiances to any FCS programs here. Uh, so, I'll, I'll probably watch it for the sake of football. But doing good, man. Uh Ready to uh, get on with February. Uh, spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting here in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, MLB Players Association and Union got to get this figured out. But uh, overall, man, doing doing good. Lando, what you doing, man? How you been? I've been really good, man. First off, I want to start by saying happy Black History Month. Learn about your black history. And uh, secondly, I want to say boomer sooner. Oklahoma played Alabama in college basketball this weekend, and we were without two of our top players. And that game was actually really good from start to finish. Uh, Oklahoma played fantastic on defense, played really good on offense, made some key plays um, in the paint down low, got lots of offense rebounds. Alabama's going to be really good, by the way. Uh, look out for them in the tournament. They have a lot, lots of young talent. Those guys are huge from, from point guard to center. So look out for Alabama. Oklahoma's going to be pretty good. Uh, we play Texas Tech tonight in Lubbock, another top 25 team. So hopefully we can get another win. And uh, also congratulations to Wayne Taylor Racing for winning the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona on Saturday and Sunday because it's a 24-hour race. So had a great weekend. Uh, Keys, how about yourself, man? Pretty good weekend of just hanging out at home. I did absolutely nothing this weekend except Lando and I went bowling. I'm, I'm assuming, Lando, that Oklahoma won that game against Alabama? Yeah. I, I was expecting, you know... Maybe for a little bit we wouldn't have any feud between uh, between Matt and Orlando for a while. A little stepbrothers rivalry here, but uh, looks like basketball is going to keep that going for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 played all right. Petty didn't play well. I didn't get to watch all, all, the whole game, but I watched a good chunks, and then I watched the end. And five point loss. Uh, Oklahoma's a good team, so uh, you know for Alabama to have played bad. Alex Reese, we're a three point shooting team. Alex Reese went three for ten from behind the arc, so. Not a great day shooting, and, and that's what happens when you live and die by the three. But uh, Oklahoma's a good team. I was really surprised last week when I was editing. I didn't have a single instance of you guys arguing with each other about anything. Yeah, yeah. You, smooth, you guys, smooth you guys are getting along. Look at you guys. Go. <laughs> yeah, these conversations get a little bit different when we don't have college football to talk about. Because even though like all of us love other sports like college basketball and NFL, I don't think any of us are as passionate about anything else as we are about college football. Especially our teams. Yeah. Wait, how was your weekend, man? I saw you play a little golf. I did, yeah. It's the third weekend in a row. Um, I went and played one of these city Nashville courses. This one was called, what was it called? Ted Rhodes. It was actually my favorite I've played so far. They're all public courses. They're like 40 bucks to play, so they're not expensive at all. It was a good time. I mean, I went out and played with my buddy Danny and um, our friend Ross Haley, who came up uh, came up for the weekend. And my buddy Luke, who actually played on the Pro Tour for a little bit. He's, he's a really good golfer. Uh, we went and played uh, pretty early, probably like I think it was nine a.m. Um, I probably I played the worst that I've played in the past three weeks. Uh, getting back into golf, I shot a ninety-five, which for me isn't terrible, but it's not great. I've been shooting kind of in the higher eighties lately, so and I've been playing pretty well. I still played pretty well. I four putted a lot of holes, which which made me feel like an idiot. I had par putts on every single hole, but yeah, it's kind of nice, you know. Um, as much as I miss having football on Saturdays, it's nice to kind of have the day open to get out there and play some golf and do some drinking after. Yeah, wait, there's nothing worse than than hitting a great tee shot, a great second shot, chipping up on the green, and then you have a nice, easy putt to just finish out the hole, and then you four-putt. There's nothing more demoralizing to, to your day than four-putting. Uh, I completely agree. And the last three weeks, my putting game has been atrocious, and I have been hitting the ball so well like I know we haven't played together in a while Lando but back when we were playing together you were out driving me when you were getting a hold of it but uh but now I'm not missing fairways I'm hitting fairways I'm hitting them at least like 240 250 every time I've gotten really consistent with my driver which was a big weakness in my game uh before getting back into it and kind of working on my stroke a little bit but um my iron game's been really good as well I got put a lot of touch on the ball but man my short game is just so bad 
Yeah, I went to the range the other day and I was hitting some balls and this older gentleman was next to me. He was wearing a, a purple Clemson shirt and I kept seeing him out of the corner of my eye watching me watching me swing and, and hit the ball. And he comes over. He was like, hey, man, uh, uh, approach the ball and swing it again. So I do it. And he's like, yeah, so do this with, with, with your with your right arm and do this with your left arm and slow back, you know, slow, go slow on your backswing and then drive through uh, on the follow through and instantly added like 50 yards to to, to, to to my swing. And he was like, yeah, I coached a little bit at Clemson and I just retired a, you know, a couple years ago. So if you keep doing that, man, you'll, you're going to be pretty good because you, you have the strength to, to hit it deep. So just keep doing what I showed you and you'll be all right. So wit, next time you come home, let me know because we have to get on the golf course so I can I can show you what I've learned. Let's do it, man. But, you know, enough about golf. I'm sure our, our listeners probably don't play a ton of golf. They're more football guys. Um, so this was the first week we didn't have any football at all uh, this weekend. We didn't even get to have a Pro Bowl uh, because they canceled it and they had a little Madden Pro Bowl thing going on. I didn't watch it all, so I don't know how that went. But how how'd y'all feel this weekend not having any football? It was kind of depressing because it meant that I had to do things around the house. I mean, and that's never fun. You know, when, when, when the, the, the cool thing about when you become a father is you know that on the weekends you have your out for like at least three to four hours whenever your team's playing. You're like, ah, Alabama's on. I can't really do anything right now. And then you, you get that nice little breath of fresh air. You can drink a few cold beers, get, get a good, uh, good vibrations going around you. And then, and then, the rest of the weekend is just golden. So uh, we're getting ready to sell our house, so I'm having to do all that fun packing and painting and such, which is, ugh. But, you know, I miss football. So Matt was around the house just with his kid and, and his wife, and I was around the house, you know, editing stuff for the podcast and whatnot. Lando was mostly at the house. Meanwhile, Wits over here hanging out with Luke Combs' producer. Or was it Luke Bryan? Luke Combs or Luke Bryan? No, okay, so pretty much how my Saturday went, I played golf, drank beer all day playing golf, went to a Mexican restaurant, drank three margaritas, uh, we were, I was with these guys still, they were like, let's go out, we need to go hit a bar, so I was like, okay, cool, so we wanted to go to, um, there's a bar called Rebar here, and it's where a lot of like the Belmont and Vanderbilt students go, and I usually don't really go out to those kind of bars, I usually just go to the ones where you can kind of just sit around and um, listen to music and even though right now you kind of have to sit anyway but this one's more of like like you still have to sit but it, it's really easy to be around people and you could still like talk to girls and whatnot so so we went over there and um try to get into rebar but the line was too long so we were like you know what let's go to losers and losers um if you guys don't know that's the bar that luke combs was playing at in nashville right before he got founded um so that's kind of a special bar to me because i'm a big luke combs fan so i like to go there here and there and it's pretty chill and it usually has some really good music. So we went in there, we were hanging out and uh, one of my buddies found a bachelorette party. So he started hanging out with them. And then me and my buddy Danny went and found a table and we were like, Hey, uh, let's just chill here for a little bit. Had a couple beers. And um, as we were sitting there, uh, a couple of guys came up to us and they're like, Hey man, we got to sit down or we have to wear these masks. So can we, can we come sit with you guys so we can take these masks off? And I'm, I was like, yeah, sure, man, come on. So they came and sat down and we were talking to him for a little bit. And it turned out that one of them, his name was Zeb, is the director of producing for, uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's a producing company and they've done quite a bit of Luke Combs songs and Morgan Wallen songs. So yeah, kind of, kind of ended up pretty cool. Like something like you really think you wouldn't run into just randomly on a Saturday night in Nashville, but um, it was, it ended up being him, a couple of his buddies from uh, high school that he grew up with in Fort Myers. And then, um, an up and coming country star from Canada. His name is, uh, what was his name? His name was Josh Ross. Look him up. He's actually really good. And he's got like 50,000 followers on TikTok, which is like how people, uh, decide who's the next up and coming country singers nowadays. So this, it was, had a, had a pretty, uh, pretty interesting weekend to say the least. I hate the society we live in. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I ain't listened to no country music from a dude from Canada. That's too far north. <laughs> By God, I hear you. It's a very, it's a very new country for sure. Well, Jesus, new country ain't country. <laughs> it is in Canada. I don't know how it is, Whip. You somehow are just always in the right place. You meet somebody new every week. It's crazy. That does seem to be my luck. I've come to learn. So for some reason, I always end up in the right place at the right time and random situations like that. And honestly, I think it has to do with me drinking. It's usually what I drink is what I end up. 
in these cool places and end up having cool stuff happen to me. So, uh, so that's why I'll never quit. <laughs> yeah, well, Nashville's in Tennessee, and Tennessee hired Josh Heupel from UCF over the past week. How'd you guys feel about that hire? I think it's a pretty good hire for Tennessee. I mean, I, I think it's the best hire that they could have gotten for the state of their program right now. I mean, I think Heupel's a, a good coach, but I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see how he does in recruiting. A lot of guys from Tennessee are leaving already and going to Oklahoma, which, you know, which is crazy. I think they got four guys from Tennessee in the past two weeks, and they're like three of them are four stars, and I think they got a five star. So, I mean, they, they're, they're <laughs> it's like the great migration from Tennessee to Oklahoma. Man, I, I don't know. I think Heupel is a, a good offensive mind. I think he's a, a decent hire. Uh, obviously, Danny White, the AD, is coming from UCF. So, I think he knew what he was getting in a, in a head coach. And, Stability is the big thing that I said that Tennessee needed, and I think he's going to bring them some stability. Yeah, so I told you guys this in the group message. Uh, I like the hire because uh, Josh Heupel coached at Oklahoma. He was a an assistant uh, offensive coordinator, and we fired him in 2015 because the offense was just not doing anything. We also have Lincoln Riley in our back pocket. And people who fail tend to go other places and do really, really well. Josh Hypo has gone to coach at two different programs and did really good at those programs. Now he's going to another big program. Uh, he has good uh, administration that's backing him. I think he has a good chance to, to really be successful in Tennessee. Hopefully Tennessee is good because the SEC East really ain't that good. No, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I honestly think that the reason um, Hypo ended up getting this job is because some of the bigger guys like Hugh Freeze and um, Luke Fickle, guys like that, and, you know, uh, I think I think they went after P.J. Fleck. They went after James Franklin from Penn State. Those guys didn't really want to jump from where they were to try and take on that job. So I think getting Josh Heupel in the situation that they're in is actually a really, really, really good hire, especially considering the last time Tennessee was good is the last time they had a good offense. And that was in 2016 when they had Josh Dobbs. And they really made a run. They probably were the best team in the SEC East. But they ended up losing out to uh, Missouri. Missouri ended up winning it that year, but or it was either Missouri or uh, it was Florida. Missouri or Florida. If it was a Florida it was, that year, it was, it was Florida. Florida. I went to the SEC Championship game that year. <laughs> it was yeah, it was Florida, and and I think Tennessee was absolutely better than Florida that year. They actually had a pretty good team. That was the only team that you could say is either even somewhat decent under Butch Jones when he was there, um, and they had a good offense. It was because they had a good quarterback and they had a lot of pieces around him. So. I think Josh Heupel, if he can make some magic happen in the transfer market, if they don't get hit too bad by these recruiting violations, I think he'll actually do a pretty good job there considering the situation that they're in right now. I hope Tennessee fans are really hoping Josh Heupel doesn't turn out to be another Butch Jones because <laughs> when you said Butch Jones, I, I laughed I, uncontrollably. Butch Jones was horrible, and one of his worst ideas was the turnover trash can. So, well, so when, when the defense would get a turnover, they bring the ball to the sideline and then dunk it in a trash can. Like, that's terrible. That's absolutely awful. Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. But I don't know. I feel like at this point, Tennessee fans would love to have Butch Jones again. As bad as they've been the past few years, I mean, they were they were competitive when Butch Jones was there for a couple of years. But, I mean, I if, if I'm Tennessee, I'd love to have those years back compared to what they've got right now. Well, I'd honestly, if I was a Tennessee fan, I'd rather have anything than the type of recruiting violation rumors that have been being thrown out recently, like the big playing players in McDonald's bags and all these like level level one, level two violations that, I mean, who knows if any of them are true or not, but yeah, it, as bad as Butch Jones was seven and five, six and six is much better than what's about to come. I think. Yeah. Well, they're going to be struggling next year. Cause like, like Matt said, half of those, they're really good players transferred to Oklahoma. I mean, we got Eric Gray, Wayne Morris, uh, Key Lawrence. Those are all four-star recruits when they got recruited by Tennessee. I am absolutely really ecstatic, especially for Eric Gray, because our running back was actually our running backs were actually pretty deep from last year. We only lost um, uh, Stevenson, who who was a senior. He's going to go play pro football now, and we really only have some young guys. But Eric Gray had a really good season last year, so I'm really excited about him. And Key Lawrence is is also a big add on that defense because we need some some bigger safeties and DBs to to help out with. Uh, those bigger schools like SEC schools and Big Ten schools that run the football. Yeah, I, th I think all three of those guys are big ads for Oklahoma too because Oklahoma just lost 
Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, Lando. Trey Nor- Norwood is that, is that his name or Trey yeah. Brown? Yeah, uh, Trey Trey Brown and Trey Norwood. I think they're both named Trey. They, they're they're both cornerbacks though. Yeah, they lost both those guys, and those guys were both really really key contributors to the t- the defense last year. So, um, adding Key Lawrence, a guy who is a pretty highly valued prospect when he was coming out, I think that'll be huge for him. Uh, Wanya Morris was a five-star. He was a top 15 player coming out in the 24-7 recruiting class. Uh, I think it was 2019, I believe. Um, and he really struggled at Tennessee. He every pretty, pretty much every time I saw him play, he looked like he was getting beat. So I think that's good for him and good for Oklahoma because I think a change of scenery and having a coach um, like Oklahoma's offensive line coach that has had proven success by sending players to the NFL is going to be really big for him. And like Lando said, Eric Gray, man, absolute stud. I mean, he arguably is a top three running back in the SEC the past couple of years. And um, although he's been on a really terrible team, he's had nothing around him, no quarterback play whatsoever. He's still succeeded pretty well. So good good for Oklahoma, man. Oklahoma looking like they might be making a run this year. Wait, I have a question for you. And our UGA listeners are going to love this. What in the heck is Georgia going to do with all these quarterbacks? <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. All I know is I think JT Daniels is going to be the guy next year because um, at the end of the year, I, I've been on record saying I think he's had a couple more struggles than people want to point out on social media. But like he's shown that he can be the guy and maybe maybe uh, an offseason with Todd Munkin um, and with those receivers. Uh, we have all kinds of talent receiver coming back next year. Jermaine Burton, uh, George Pickens, Kyrus Jackson and all the whole running back squads coming back, too. So. Um, whether JT Daniels is going to be like some kind of Heisman contender, which I don't know about all that, but or not, I think I think he will do well. And then adding on Brock Vandergriff coming in next year, he's a Georgia boy. He's wanted to play for Georgia his entire life. And then the next year we have another guy, same deal. Uh, Gunner Stockton, five star player. Um, it's going to come down next year once JT is going to leave next year, and it's going to come down to Gunner versus Brock and. Honestly, I've watched some tape on both of them since he committed. I watched the game at the beginning of the year when they played each other, and I don't know who I think was going to win it. I think it's going to be big that Brock is getting an extra year uh, to learn the system and and work with the receivers. But to me, whenever I watch Gunnar Stockton play, I think he's a better player than Brock is, at least right now. But obviously, heck do I know about football, so who knows? If I was a betting man, I would put money right now that Brock Vandegrift doesn't start a game for UGA unless JT Daniels gets hurt. He will transfer somewhere else because uh, Gunnar Stockton is a freak of an athlete. I mean, kid was throwing, he was a pitcher, and as a freshman was throwing upper 80s. Like that arm strength just doesn't exist, and his to the point where like I'm I'm I've, I've heard rumors in the in the baseball world, you know, like you have all these legends that he was having elbow problems whenever he was because he was throwing the ball so hard his like athletic ability was beyond his physical ability which is just insane and you you look at a guy like him and i think he's every bit as good as Brock in a lot of ways but even better in in others and i think that i think Gunnar Stockton's going to win that job when he comes in and Brock Vandergriff is going to wind up transferring to Oklahoma where he was committed to originally we're going to see how much Brock Vandergriff loves to compete because we all know why he he decommitted from Oklahoma. It's because Spencer Rattler's there. And he said, he, well, he said, I, I want to be, you know, closer to home. Uh, I love Georgia UGA. And now that this other guy's coming, it's like, oh, wh- wh- what are you going to do now? So we're going to see how much he loves to compete. Uh, personally, yeah, come to Oklahoma. But, I mean, we have another guy we just picked up as well for the 2020 uh, recruiting class, so and yeah. these 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 players really need to really need to grow some stones and and learn how to compete. Cause look at look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones was there with all those quarterbacks, but he he toughed it out and ended up winning a national championship. And now he's probably going to get drafted in the first round. I mean, you it, you look at guys like that, and then you look at guys on the opposite side of the spectrum, like Tate Martell. Tate Martell was this highly recruited QB1 guy. Like, everyone talked about how great he was. He comes out. He goes to Ohio State. Justin Fields even throws his name that he's transferring there, and Tate Martell's like, nah, I'm out. I'm going to Miami. Only to find out that he doesn't even win the starting job there. So, so like, Brock Vandegrift is either going to be the guy at Georgia or he's going to be the next Tate Martell type of guy where he is, like, 
I don't know. I could. I, I was also though so surprised that Gunner went to Georgia. I thought that he was going to I Auburn. Too. I hope Vandergriff doesn't turn out to be Tate Martell because Tate Martell is transferring again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, Vandergriff, I don't. He's definitely not going to Oklahoma because Caleb Williams is the guy at Oklahoma. And personally, I think Caleb Williams is the best player in this draft or not draft in this recruiting class. Um, I think he's going to be. If Rattler doesn't win it this year, Rattler's going to go to the NFL after this year, most likely. And then I think Caleb Williams is going to be that next guy, potential, probably like number one overall pick type guy, just from what I've seen and what I've evaluated. But yeah, I definitely think Gunner and Brock have both come out and said since Gunner committed that they were going to graduate from the University of Georgia. But as of how things are right now with the transfer portal and the fact that they're going to change the rule. Like, it's going to happen. They're going to change the rule to where everybody gets at least one free transfer where they can go wherever they want. Five-star players like that, the guys with that kind of talent, are just not going to stay. It doesn't matter where they're going to school. It doesn't matter if it's their dream school. It's just not going to happen anymore. So, um, I'm with you guys. I think one of them will probably end up transferring after next year, if not before. But, I mean, honestly, regardless, whoever wins that job is going to be missing a guy that I think – Georgia had a really good shot of getting this offseason, and that's Eric Gilbert. He ended up, um, I think it was yesterday, committed to transferring to Florida, um, going to play with Emory Jones, trying to take over for Cal Pitts. That was a big get for the Gators. Oh, I agree, man. And I, I was surprised with that, too, because he played the, you know, I want to leave because I'm homesick card. Nah, you want to leave because you see that LSU is an absolute dumpster fire, and it, what's it's coming to them, too. Like, LSU's not in great hands. I don't think Ed Ogeron's going to be the coach at the end of next season uh, because I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he was lucky to have Joe Brady as his passing coordinator uh, and have Joe Burrow as his quarterback because, and, and with all those receivers, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, like some stud guys. Eric Gilbert said, I see Kyle Pitts is leaving. I see Dan Mullen knows how to use the tight end position well. I'm going to go make some money. Yeah, we'll just have to see if Emory Jones can get him the ball. <laughs> it's true that. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I think it was – honestly, it's a good decision on Eric Gilbert's part. Georgia hasn't proven that they can throw the ball to a tight end um, in the past, like, five years or so. So, And, obviously, Florida is going to put a tight end in the top ten in the draft this year, most likely. So, not a bad decision, even though – like you don't know what you're getting in Emory Jones. He's obviously not Kyle Trask, but but still, I mean, Dan Mullen is given. I mean, he's a clown, but he is a very smart offensive mind. So I don't blame him at all for going to Florida. No, and and also I I know we we aren't really confident in Emory Jones, but I'll be honest when. Felipe Franks was there. I thought the whole reason that he was starting was because Emory Jones was the second best thing they had. And then Kyle Trask came out and out of nowhere, in my opinion, and he played extremely well. So maybe I don't know what Florida's got behind Emory Jones at the quarterback position, if they've picked up any, you know, freshmen or whatever. But, you know, I would I would still watch out because Dan Mullen does, like you said, he's clown of a head coach, but phenomenal offensive mind. Yeah, Matt, I'm with you, man. Um, let's let's go ahead and talk about the Super Bowl. We got a huge game coming up this Sunday. Tom Brady looking to win his seventh. So it's this is going to be something special. Pat Mahomes looking to win his second. Uh, we got the GOAT going up against the future GOAT. What do you all think about that game? I think the Buccaneers have a really good chance of winning this game because they're the first team in NFL history to play the Super Bowl at their home stadium. And that's wild. Uh, I think they're going to allow fans in the stadium. I'm not entirely sure. I know they're going to allow uh, healthcare workers and people of that nature. Uh, but I would really hope that they allow some fans in there, like Buccaneers fans or Chiefs fans, because it would just add to the, the coolness of, of the Super Bowl. It's, it, it's not going to be the same uh, as it has been in the past year because of the pandemic. But hopefully they allow fans in there to watch this incredible game. Hopefully, hopefully it's incredible. If Tom Brady wins... You know that there's going to be those Tom Brady haters out there that are like, "Oh, well, he had to win it at his home stadium. He couldn't have beat him at a neutral site." Like, you know that you know that there's those people out there that like take everything away from Brady all the time. Like, "Oh, well, the the deflated footballs. He wouldn't have won the game if he would have had regularly inflated footballs." Like, there's always those people out there that are just Brady haters. And if they let fans in, they're gonna be like, "It's not a true neutral site." 
yeah, well, I'm going to shut those haters up right now. Tom Brady had to go on the road three times in in, in these playoffs. So uh, let, let's already let's already shut that down. Tom Brady deserves to be in there, and if he wins the Super Bowl this year, he beat a really good Kansas City Chiefs team. Speaking of that, has that ever happened before in the history of the playoffs? A team has played nothing but away games up until the Super Bowl and then gets to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. How, that is that is just insane. No, that's never happened because obviously nobody's ever played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. But I think maybe, I'm trying to think, I think one of the Giants teams that, that beat the Patriots uh, played, all road, yeah, played all road games. Because I know both of those teams were, were both wildcard teams. I, 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 the only thing about 2011 that I'm questioning is, did they play that first game at home against the Falcons? But I don't think they did because they played the Falcons that year and it was like, I don't remember what, I, obviously the Falcons lost, but uh, I, I was also thinking the same thing because they had to go to Lambeau and beat the Packers in the freezing cold and they did that. And then they went on the road again for the NFC championship. But then I don't, I don't remember that's nonetheless, it's crazy. I remember there was a while there that wild card teams were the ones you didn't want to play because it seemed like they got to the Super Bowl there for a few years. Yeah. Falcons versus giants in 2012, I guess Falcons were the four seed. That might've been the, that was the next year then I guess, or no, that would have been 2011 season, but the 2012. Cause playoffs. whatever year the, the Packers won the Super Bowl. They were a wild card team, I think. That was, that was 20, 2012. That was 2010. Or, no, because it was 2010. Was my, you're right. It was my senior year. This 2010 season, the Super Bowl was played in 2011. And then in the next year, the Giants won as a wild card against the Patriots. God, the Falcons The Falcons have a knack for losing to wild card teams in the playoffs, don't they? <laughs> and every I, – I remember – I don't know if it's still the case, but there was a stretch there. And it may still be the case where the team that the Falcons lost to either won the Super Bowl or represented the NFC in the Super Bowl because they lost to the Cardinals the year that the Cardinals went. They lost to the Eagles mm-hmm. in the NFC Championship uh, when McNabb went and they lost to the Patriots. And it was like every year they lost to the Cardinals the year the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. There was just a stretch where it was like whoever the Falcons lost to either won or at least went to the Super Bowl. And that was a, that one. That one fell in there. The Packers fell in there. I'm pretty sure. It's crazy. So this Super Bowl, a lot of people are kind of hyping it up, saying this could be like one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time because we have Tom Brady, who is unquestioned goat, and we have Pat Mahomes, who a lot of people think by the end of his career will be the goat. Um, what is if this isn't the greatest Super Bowl of all time? Then what was for you guys that y'all have seen with your eyes? Uh, well, me, oh, well, I know what you're about to say. Me personally, <laughs> the greatest Super Bowl I've seen of all time was the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the New England Patriots. That was, well, all right. So I'm not trying, oh, I am trying to be biased, but we all have to admit that, that was a great football game from start to finish. It was a really good game. So as a football fan, it was a great game to watch. And as an Eagles fan, obviously it was a great game to watch. So Philadelphia Eagles, 2017 world champions. That was it. A- that was a really good game, and it was also – I remember when Philly was up. I think they were up six at, at one point, and every, it was the year after the Patriots had had the massive comeback that we don't like to speak of in these parts of the country. Um, but So everyone was like, oh, is Tom Brady going to do it again? But for me, the greatest Super Bowl that I've ever seen, I think it was twenty four the 2013 season, 2014 Super Bowl, when the Patriots beat the Seahawks on the Russell Wilson interception in the end zone, like right at the end of the game. Like, that game was insane. It had the, the I think it was Doug Baldwin that had the insane catch on the sidelines that he was like falling down. And it was like, oh my God, here we go again with the Patriots losing to some and like, crazy catch in the Super Bowl. And then Pete Carroll decides not to hand the ball off to the most dominant short yard running back at the time, throw a slant that Malcolm Butler picked off just, and then Malcolm Butler ran it out at the, to the like one yard line. So there still could have been a safety. It was, that was a crazy game. That was the best one that I think I've ever seen. What about you, Wit? You know, I was sitting here thinking about it. I think the best Super Bowl I've ever seen was when the Steelers beat the Cardinals, I think it was 2010. Centennial Holmes had that catch in the back of the end zone. He like tiptoed in um, to win the game. God, that was so long ago. I, honestly, I remember some big plays in that game, but I don't remember a ton of it. 
Um, another one for me that I kind of had up there was the 2007 Super Bowl um, when the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots, um, 17 to 14. And the Giants were, I believe they were the sixth seed um, coming to that game. They were 10 and six and the Patriots were 16 and 0. So that was a abs- huge upset. Really, really good game. That's back when people actually played defense. So um, I enjoy watching decent defenses. So that was actually fun for me to watch. But um, I'd say one of those two for sure would be my favorite that I've seen. So what was the worst Super Bowl you guys have had? you guys have ever seen me personally it'd be the seahawks versus the broncos i i actually the broncos were in a game is are in the one that i'm gonna say the broncos panthers game a few years ago it was like right after that that one was so boring like it was a fun defensive game but peyton manning was a shell of himself cam newton was like the flashy mvp he sucked that whole game that game just was really boring to me the the seahawks broncos one like there were big plays happening i but that one was boring too uh for me it's either the second half of the Patriots Falcons game or the Rams Patriots game. Uh, I guess it was three years ago now because that game was that game was fun to watch. It was really good defense. And I, I know I just said I like watching good defense, but it was just so boring. So I actually completely disagree with you, Wit. I found that game to be very entertaining just because, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was a low scoring game. I know nowadays we want to see. 100,000 points scored in a football game, but that that was a football game from start to finish. Like defenses was playing really well. The offenses were actually the offenses actually played pretty good. It was just the defensives really bowed their neck once they got in into the red zone and and that's the type of things that I want to see. I want to see football games, hard-hitting football games and Tom Brady struggled in that game, Jared Goff struggled in that game. It wasn't just a just a, a complete shootout where the quarterbacks are tearing the defenses up and it's just all over the place. I, sometimes I want to sit down and just watch real hard-nosed football. I, I like that game, too, just because I remember going into it, the, that Rams offense was like one of the top offenses in the league that year. And so I was going into it thinking that it was going to be an, uh, like a, either a, a high-scoring game or the Patriots were going to lose, like get blown out. And then the Patriots come out and do that Bill Belichick thing where they, they just – figure it out figure out a way to win and it was like 13 to 3 was the final i think it was it, that one was okay i mean I, I it was definitely one of those like different different strokes for different folks i remember a lot of people that i was watching with didn't like it yeah i mean it was just in that year that year was just another tom brady magic year you know i mean the they the patriots really weren't one of the better teams that season coming into the playoffs too cuz the chiefs looked like far and away the best team in the AFC that season. It was honestly surprising to me that um, the Super Bowl didn't end up being Rams versus Chiefs uh, like we saw in that Monday, I guess it was a Monday night game. It's either Monday or Thursday night game. But that was one of the better football games I've ever seen. Uh, extremely high scoring. Defenses were terrible, but it was a lot of fun. But, you know, Tom Brady, he's got that magic touch, and here he is again. Well, and the Patriots weren't even supposed to be there. The the Chiefs had the guy that was offsides on the on the fourth down, or the yeah the, there was a fourth down conversion late in that game that the Patriots had, and somebody had jumped. I think it was D Ford or somebody jumped offsides for the Chiefs, and they would have won the game if he would have just been on sides. And so it was like that has to be bittersweet because Patrick Mahomes could be going through a, for a three peat right now. Yeah, my dad is the biggest Chiefs fan in the world. And that year when the Chiefs lost on that play, he he couldn't bring himself to drive downtown to, to, to even look at all the Super Bowl festivities and all this stuff like that because he was so deeply hurt. I don't even think he watched the game because he, he was just so hurt that the Chiefs didn't didn't make the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll be happy after this year's Super Bowl, Lando. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into some of these mailbag questions. We have just a couple to get into uh, before we get into our pour one out, cut them off segment. Um, our first question is from at Chad S underscore five, two, nine, a loyal fan of ours. He asked, I have a fan base history and resources to win, but I'm always seven and five. What program am I? Georgia. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's West Virginia. That, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about West Virginia. Absolutely. That there's no, there's no other program that has the support, the money, and they did really good. They had a couple of years there, like when they had Geno Smith and then they backed that up with Will Greer. Like they were, they were the talk of the town. I mean, they had some good players. Kevin White was there. Like they had a couple of good receivers. Then they just never, I, I honestly think Daniel Holgerson is just a terrible coach. 
like I don't know how you lose with with some of the talent they had. But I will say that that Geno Smith led West Virginia team was scary, terrifying because Oklahoma played them. We had Landry Jones, so it was Landry Jones versus Geno Smith, and uh, they had Tavon Austin as well, and he torched us the entire game. We won that game on a last second slant throw in the end zone. That, that, that game took years off my life. I love I love the burning couches thing too. I mean, they've got a passionate fan base. Like you, you, you don't find fan bases like West Virginia's very many places, and they're that way through these like lean, mediocre years. Just imagine if you give them a couple of eleven and one, twelve and zero seasons to go through. They would that place would be on fire. I'd say another team y'all could probably put in that range of like seven to five teams that really should be doing better. Um, is Nebraska. Even though recently they haven't been a winning football team, they haven't even been over 500 the past couple of years, they have the history, they have the resources. Um, they're just not winning games. I don't know if Scott Frost just isn't as good of a coach as um, a lot of us thought he was coming out of UCF. I don't know if maybe that Nebraska history was only for a couple of years and it's just maybe they're just not what we thought they were, kind of like how everybody's starting to think of Tennessee nowadays. Um, but who knows? I mean... They're they're just not getting it done. No, 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 no. Nebraska's history is is deep rooted in college football. Nebraska was a powerhouse in the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. And all of a sudden, after they won the championship in late ninety, downhill from there. I think it's just really kids don't want to go to college in Nebraska. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just like you know, uh, a while ago, Kansas was pretty decent in football. They were pretty good. Kids just don't want to go to school in Kansas. You know, you're not going to get a lot of publicity in Kansas or Nebraska. So that's why schools like that, they struggle to really get recruits to come to those schools because who who really wants to go look at corn all day? And I think it hurt them moving to the Big Ten. I think that they should have stayed in the Big 12 because when they moved to the Big Ten, now they're the kind of players that are going to go to Nebraska go to Iowa. That's just the way it is. So now you're competing with, with you know, uh, that was just a dumb move, in my opinion. Stay in the Big 12, Nebraska. I mean, I think you could say the same thing about West Virginia, too. They were coming out of that Big East back when it was like West Virginia, Louisville, um, those kind of teams. And they were dominating in the Big East. But then when they moved into the Big 12, they started playing better teams. And we haven't really seen them live up to that expectation of where they were as a winning football team back in that conference. Because um, now they're having to play Oklahoma every year. They're having to play Texas every year. They're having to play... Uh, Oklahoma State every year, Iowa State now, who's kind of come on as a powerhouse here lately. It's I think it's just gotten tougher for both of those teams after they've they moved conferences. Yeah, we'll move on to the next question. This one is also from Chad S underscore five two nine. His question is: What is y'all's number one favorite fast food place? Chick fil A. It's not close. Yeah, same. Um, I like Chick fil A. That is actually kind of difficult. Depends on what I'm getting. So if I'm going to get Breakfast, I'm going to go to McDonald's all day long. McDonald's has That's the most clutchest breakfast of all time. If facts. I'm going to, if I'm going to get chicken, True. I'm going to go to Popeye's because Popeye's chicken is, is, is just is just really good. I love Popeye's chicken. Um, facts. If, if, I, if I'm feeling Chick-fil-A, yeah, I'll go to Chick-fil-A. But, you know, it's just I can, I can always have it. There's one right, uh, right down the street from me, and they're everywhere. So, really, it's just I, I like Chick-fil-A, but, you know. I was just introduced to Bone Jangles all day breakfast. Oh, now, that's Cajun fillet biscuits, baby! Oof, oh. Nothing beats a little Cajun fillet. I, I had it yesterday for the first time. My my roommate and I went there, and today I had to go back on my way home. And I got I got I, I, yesterday I got the the bacon egg and cheese biscuit and the sausage egg and cheese biscuit. And today I went back and got the fillet. Oh yeah, Linda's patting my belly right now. It's uh, it's definitely <laughs> filling me up a little bit, but uh. Yeah, fantastic breakfast, but Chick-fil-A is the GOAT fast food restaurant. Yep, I'm with y'all there, but I'm going to say Moe's just because I know it's going to piss off Chad, so I'll say Moe's. We're a fast, casual podcast, baby. No, we are not. Don't you even bring that up again. All right, I'll move on to our next question. This is from at Kissler underscore 106. His question is, compare ACC football teams to fast food chains. Well, we just talked about Chick-fil-A. Clemson is definitely Chick-fil-A because they're great. It's... It, Chick-fil-A has great food. Clemson's a great program. So definitely Clemson's Chick-fil-A. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Miami is McDonald's because Miami's a good team. McDonald's is a good fast food place, but it's a little dirty. There's some dirty stuff going on. It's not the best. It's, but it's good. 
Uh, the, pe- the people there get a little aggressive sometimes. If uh, uh, Most of the time, the ice cream machine's not working at McDonald's, and half the time that happens, I usually get pretty aggressive, not going to lie. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that one. I was going to say Miami's McDonald's because it's hit or miss. That's true, too. Ooh, that's now a good keys, one, yeah. Keys, that was actually really, really good. That was really good. That was, that was, that was very clever. Hit or miss, yeah, because Miami is either good one year or they're off one year. And in McDonald's, you either get crappy service or you get great service. Yeah, that's really good one there, Keys. Well, thank you. See, I, I feel like Duke is, is kind of a Dairy Queen because it's, it's a nice place, but you always forget about it until spring. Because that's when basketball season is. March Madness comes around, and you're like, hey, it's warm out. I kind of want a blizzard. You never think about going to Dairy Queen in the winter unless you're going for ice cream, and you never want ice cream in the winter. Spring hits, you're like, oh, I haven't been to Dairy Queen in a while. That's Duke. Duke is awful in the fall, great in spring. I have a good one for y'all. Louisville is Kentucky Fried Chicken. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, I just came up with this on the fly. I'm going to say Duke is Arby's because they're only good at one thing. And that's basketball. And Arby's only has one good thing, and that's the roast beef sandwiches. That that's so. a good one. That's a good one. Actually, their their fries slap. Those curly fries slap. At Arby's. You, and you know what? Duke Duke is good at lacrosse. So we'll say two things. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. And I, I, I'm going to say this. I got one more too. I'm going to say UNC is Whataburger because Whataburger you only get it every so often, or at least for us, we only get it every so often. And UNC is only good every so often. They're never consistently good. They're good here and there, random times. They're never going to win the championship. Whataburger's never going to be the GOAT. But it's still a good place. And uh, every so often, you get to have it, and it's pretty remarkable. I was gonna, And another one is, is Wake Forest. They're, they're like Sonic. You always forget about them until you see them. Like, <laughs> That's like, a good one, too. You, know, like you, you never think about Sonic, and then you see Sonic. Like, oh, there's Sonic. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, I have one last one, too. I'm going to say Syracuse is Burger King because it just might surprise you. True. That's a good one. Burger King does surprise people. They all, they all and, and, and if we're saying that, you know, Clemson's Chick-fil-A, you know, every now and then you got to have a Burger King just over a Chick-fil-A. Yep. True that. And uh, we'll move on. This is our last question. This is from at Coach Kissler. Um, his, his question is, will ATK – do fantasy college football next season? I'd love to hear y'all's ideal picks at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and kicker. Uh, I'm just going to say a quick no because I'd pick all Oklahoma players, so probably not. <laughs> I, I would be down. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. I've never played college fantasy before, but if I was going to go for a quarterback, I'm going to that Lane Kiffin offense, and I'm taking Matt Corral in year two of that offense because he put up stupid numbers this year. Then... Running back, that's mm, – I, I would probably go with uh, – can't think of the cat's name – at UGA, Zamir White. He's coming okay. back, isn't he? He's coming back, isn't yep. he? Uh, yep. I, I thought I saw that he's coming back because, you know, JT Daniels is going to be really effective when they get the run game going. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, Georgia still likes to run the ball. And then when it works, they get away from it. So that would be frustrating. Uh, wide receiver – off the top of my head, I can't think of who I would really, really, really want off, like, you know, number one guy. But uh, great question. I'd love to do some fantasy college football. I've only done college fantasy one time, and it is so much more involved than doing NFL fantasy football. Because NFL, you only got, you know, you got a lot less teams. You know, the premier players, they're, they're everywhere. When you play college fantasy, you could literally pick up some nobody receiver from north texas if he goes off that day you know there, there's so many more players you could pick it, it so it's a little bit more level because uh, you can pick every star player in the nation if you want to or any team that plays a nobody that week you could pick them up so i'd, I'd like to get into it again but i, I definitely gotta pay a lot more attention than last time because last time i had no idea what i was doing there was way too many players to pick from and i got a little overwhelmed i'm not gonna lie yeah it's so different too because there's teams that like all these different teams play different levels of competition. Like Cole McDonald, when he was at uh, Hawaii, was putting up just unreal numbers. Like he was putting up more passing yards and passing touchdowns than anyone in the country. But he was playing Mountain West football teams and was throwing the ball 80 times a game. So like obviously you're going to put up big numbers if you're not playing good competition and you're throwing the ball as much as he was. But going back to these uh, ideal picks, I think I would probably take Spencer Rattler as my quarterback, uh, as Lando did, even though he just took all Oklahoma players. 
I think he's going to have a lot to throw to next year. I think bringing in Eric Gray is going to be huge for him to kind of open up the pass game. I think he's going to put up some big-time numbers. Running back, I honestly don't know. Um, Brees Hall, most likely, would probably be the guy I'd pick. Um, He had a big year this year. Um, A lot of people said him and Najee Harris kind of were neck and neck on best running back of the year. Some people say Brees Hall actually had a better year than uh, Najee Harris, even though Najee Harris finished fifth in Heisman voting. Um, Wide receiver, I'm definitely taking Justin Ross. I thought he was going to be the best wide receiver coming into this year. Um, and after that ACL injury, I think he's going to be coming back looking pretty hungry. And uh, he's got DJ Uyangale throwing him the ball. And uh, they played just about nobody this year besides Georgia. So he's going to put up stupid numbers. And kicker, I cannot name a single kicker in college football besides Georgia's kicker, Jack Pudlesny, who hit that game-winning field goal against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. And I think um, I think he's going to come back and have a pretty good year. So I'll, I'll take those as my four. You know um, what? Just to answer your, your question. I'll take. Will Reichard, Alabama's kicker, did not miss a kick this year. I, I just want to go on record and say that I don't think that I appreciated that on this podcast once because of all the other stuff that was going on. Alabama didn't miss a kick this year. I just I just got to throw that nugget out there. I would take Will Reichard. Decent stat. Yeah, well, here on the ATK podcast, you know, we are all homers, so we all took our own kickers, but that's good. Amen, baby. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and move on to our pour one out, cut them off segment. Lando, who you got? So this week I'm pouring one out for Wayne Taylor Racing, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, Wayne Taylor Racing won their third straight 24-hour Rolex uh, Daytona race over the weekend. Uh, I think it's just a testament to the great cars that they field every year for this race and the great lineup of drivers that they have to pilot uh, the car around the track. Uh, For those who don't know what the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona is, it's a 24-hour race that starts on Saturday and ends on Sunday. And the greatest drivers from all factions of racing compete in this race. And from the green flag to the checkered flag, these drivers are driving as hard as they can. And it's just really impressive to what Wayne Taylor Racing has done for the past three years winning the race. So pouring one out for them. And this week I'm cutting off Keys and myself's bowling skills. Uh, Yesterday we went and bowled three games. And Keys didn't bowl over 100 a single time. And I barely bowled over 100 in two games. Uh, Considering we took bowling classes in college, I think it's pretty sad that we're barely able to bowl over 100 now. So that's what I'm cutting off this time. It it was pretty depressing. I'm not going to lie. We we played three games and just did terrible. And I think it's probably the worst we bowled ever. Yeah, we need to work on our bowling skills. Matt, what are you uh, pulling one out for this week? So I am pouring one out for Tom Moore. I don't know if you've seen anything about this guy, but he is a football guy through and through. He is 82 years old. He is a uh, analyst, an offensive analyst coach for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He started his coaching career as a graduate assistant at Iowa in 1961. So 60 years later, 60 years in coaching, He's in the Super Bowl this this uh, this week, and they asked him, they said, so when do you plan on retiring? And he said, as long as I am physically able to and mentally able to, I would rather die than not coach. And I love that. That's just awesome story. Football guy through and through. That dude gets it. Uh, so I'm pouring one out for Tom Moore. Uh, would love to see him get a ring. I don't know if he's won one before, but be cool to see him get one now. Uh, and then I am cutting off China. And if you think I'm about to get political, you're wrong. China came out with a new, quote-unquote, more accurate COVID-19 test in which you bend over, spread your butt cheeks, and they swab your butthole. I am not, for one (laughs) second, going to let anybody do that to me. I would rather have COVID and not know than bend over and let someone stick something in my anal glands, swab my anal glands to see if I have COVID. No way! No freaking way. China, you're cut off. I don't care if it's more accurate. Just swab my nose like every other country. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Is that too much? My other question is, is how did you figure this out? How did you, who was the <laughs> test dummy that you were like, oh, hey, we're gonna we got this new idea for a COVID test. Let's see if it's more accurate. And they were like, oh, absolutely. You got it. Who's going to volunteer first for that one? No, exactly. You're cut off, China. Get out of here with the, the anal swab COVID test. No freaking way. Wow. I when- did not expect that at all. <laughs> I didn't even read what you put in the script. I didn't know that was coming. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Okay. Wait, who are you cutting? <laughs> dang, dang, you should have got last. <laughs> Wait, who are you okay. pouring one out for? Okay. All right. So this week, I'm pouring one out for Matthew Stafford, uh, ex-quarterback for University of Georgia. He's been my favorite player since I've been watching football. Um, he finally got away from the curse of the Detroit Lions and playing on Thanksgiving Day. And I could not be happier for the guy. He's been, in my opinion, the most underrated quarterback in the league since he's been there. He's extremely underappreciated. He's, uh, besides Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I think he's the most clutch quarterback in the league, best in the fourth quarter. Um, I think him going to the Rams, getting a guy like Sean McVay to call plays for him, um, and the kind of talent they have on the Rams around him, especially that defense, um, I think that's a huge, huge move for him in his career. Hopefully he can stay healthy and uh, and finish out the entire season with them, and maybe they'll make a Super Bowl run. But um, definitely pour one out for him. I'm going to be cutting off um, the L.A. Rams because of that trade, which is kind of funny. You know, I'm kind of contradicting myself there. But the Rams gave up their number one overall pick in 2016, Jared Goff. Their 2021 this season third-round pick, and their next two first-round picks, all for Matthew Stafford, who is starting to hit. He's kind of at his decline as a quarterback. He's starting to get pretty old. He's had some really serious injury issues. Um, I honestly just cannot believe they gave that much up for a quarterback um, as old as Matthew Stafford is. Um, if he was a little bit younger, maybe even three years, I would think it was a much better trade. But um it's just that's just so much to give up to man. Um the Rams have had this mindset for the past couple of years where they just want to give up draft picks to get like one or two really good players and just hope that they can fill out the rest of the roster by taking some later round picks. Because the past three years, this season they don't have a first round pick because they traded for Jalen Ramsey. And then the next two years they don't have first round picks because they traded for Matthew Stafford. That's two players who and uh, Jalen Ramsey is a top five corner in the NFL. So that's that's great for them. Good thing, good that they got him. Whatever. I mean, and they gave up their first round pick. I think the year before too. So they've given up four first round picks for these two guys. And as of now, I mean, after watching what they did last year, I don't know if they're going to be in Super Bowl contention next year, even with Stafford. But I mean, that's I don't know. To me, that's just a lot to give up. That that trade really surprised me because I I, I really thought, you know, I, I don't think Jared Goff is necessarily a premier quarterback in the NFL, but to, to give away so much like that for Matthew Stafford, who really, in my opinion, when I was talking last week about who I thought Matthew Stafford would, what team I thought would he would go to, I was thinking, you know, this is his one, one year to chase a ring and then he's probably going to be done. So in my mind, I'm essentially thinking you've got Matthew Stafford for one, maybe two more years, depending on how he does. That's a lot to give. Granted, he's a good quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback who never gets to win, in my opinion. But that's a lot. Well, and what's crazy to me too is that the the league knew that Matthew Stafford had the leverage, or they had the leverage to get Matthew Stafford because he was not going to be there this year. Whether they traded for him or he got cut from the Lions, he was not going to be on the Lions next year. Which is why I'm I'm like, why would you give that much up for a guy who you know is probably, if if not traded for less, going to be cut by the end of the year or before the year starts? So I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Hopefully it works out for him. I do like the Rams. Um, I do like Sean McVay quite a bit. So we'll see what happens. Keys, who are you pouring one out for? I'm actually going to pour one out for Chipper Jones, a name I didn't think I'd be talking about this year. And the Braves hired Chipper Jones as their hitting consultant. And, you know, the Braves could always use more hitting, right? Because that's the one thing we're lacking in. Wrong. It's the pitching. But pouring one out for Chipper Jones. Good to see him back in the organization. I know he missed it a little bit. And I am cutting off Mark Walton former running back for the Miami Dolphins. He was arrested for trying to out-pizza the hut. On Sunday night, he was arrested for trying to break the store's windows, and he felt disrespected on the phone, so he went over there and decided he was going to start breaking some windows. So I'm cutting off Mark Walton. His former NFL players letting things go to their heads. Yeah, man, that's that's insane. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on to our one pick of the week because there's only one more football game for the football season this year this is the super bowl played in tampa bay we got the kansas city chiefs taking on uh tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers this is super bowl 55 lando who are you picking this pick is very difficult for me 
Tom Brady is my favorite quarterback of all time, and I want to see him win a seventh Super Bowl. However, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, my other sister, my other sister, my grandma, my uncle, and all my family would disown me if I picked against the Chiefs this week. So I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Matt, who are you picking? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I want to see Brady win another one. Uh but I I just don't see any way that unless Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill don't play in the game, that the Bucks are gonna be able to stop that offense. I felt like when the Chiefs played down to the Falcons, that all stuck in everybody's heads at going into the playoffs. Like, oh, this week they might lose to, to this team, or this week they could lose in the, 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 to this game. The Chiefs have this gear that they can just flip on whenever they want to flip it on, and they can go. And they've had it flipped on, uh, especially last week against the Bills. I thought the Bills probably had the best chance of any team in this playoffs to beat them, and they got throttled. They can't stop that offense. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one, and I fear that it, it's going to be one of those two or three possession games uh, at the end of the game. Uh, the Chiefs' offense is just unstoppable right now. So I've got Chiefs uh, in in a 14-point game. Wit. So the way I've been looking at this, um, I'm going to go off the graphic that ESPN did for the Bills-Chiefs uh, game last week um, that a lot of people were kind of scrutinizing. So head coach, the Chiefs have a better head coach. Defense, I think it's close, but I think the Chiefs have a better defense, in my opinion. Number one wide receiver, I think the Chiefs have a better number one wide receiver. Quarterback, all time, obviously Tampa Bay is a better quarterback. Right now, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over over Tom Brady every single day of the week. Kansas City is just a better team. But Tom Brady is literally filled with black magic. And I don't know what he did right in his life to get to the point where he's at right now um, at at the precipice of winning his seventh Super Bowl, married to one of the most beautiful models that we have ever seen, um, making millions and millions of dollars, living in Tampa Bay uh, with one of his best friends right next door at Rob Gronkowski, living the life, uh, going down as the greatest quarterback of all time, regardless of if he wins this game or not. But he's I've learned I learned last week, never, ever, ever bet against Tom Brady in a big game. And because of that, I am going to take the Bucks to beat the Chiefs. Um, I don't care what the line is. I think it's three and a half for the Chiefs. I don't care. I don't care that Tim, that Kansas City's roster is better. I don't care that Andy Reid's a better play caller than Bruce Arians. I just do not care. I'm going to take Tom Brady. I think he's going to win his seventh. And I pray to the good Lord that he retires after this season. And I don't have to worry about him beating up on my Falcons anymore. So I'm taking the Bucks. So yeah, guys, I do think it's going to be a really good Super Bowl either way, though. What are y'all doing for the game? Well, I, I placed a Walmart pickup order that we picked up today, and they gave us the wrong thing. So they gave us four pounds of sausage. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, I guess we'll just grill some sausage. I was thinking about throwing on a couple slabs of ribs, just doing something small, uh, nothing crazy, but I really want to watch the game. You know, I, I try to incorporate like food types with whatever we're doing. So I'll do some like Kansas city style ribs and then I'll figure out something to do for Tampa Bay. Like, you know, whatever beef O'Brady's some weird random food chain that's minuscule uh something that they've got on their menu be like oh yeah this is where i got that from it'll just be like a regular cheeseburger um but but yeah that's 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 what i'm planning on doing what what about you lando weather permitting it will probably be a long night uh if the weather's good if it doesn't rain i'm gonna do a brisket so that's gonna take close to 15 hours uh kansas city is huge with their barbecue so i decided to do a brisket uh, hopefully it doesn't rain, pray to God, because I love brisket. It, it tastes so good. Uh, remember, for people, you have to let your meat rest. You have to let it rest, or else it'll lose all the juices. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Wit, what do you have planned? You know, guys, I really wish I could grill like both of y'all, because I would just love to throw a pork butt on a smoker or something, or some ribs, um and and make some really good food or i've got i even wish i was just near you guys so i could come hang out with y'all and eat some of that good meat but but for me it's the way that it's been this past year and honestly the past couple of years um not being the grill master that i am 
I'm just probably just going to order some wings from somewhere. And, you know, um, usually for the Super Bowl, I end up going with Buffalo Wild Wings. This season, I have discovered something called Wing Stop, and it is the heaven of wings. All and I and all credit goes to my buddy Lando Hester for telling me about Wing Stop in college. Tell me every single day how good it was. We didn't have it, but it is it is not too expensive. Um, even I get it delivered on DoorDash sometimes. Even over DoorDash, it's not expensive at all. You get a good bang for your buck. Um, they give you a pretty good deal on a mix and match too, and their boneless wings are probably the best boneless wings I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm not a big boneless wings guy besides Zaxby's, so that's it. It's fantastic. I'm for sure gonna do some kind of whatever wing deal they have going on on Sunday. That's that's gonna be my go-to. When it comes to wings, Wingstop is one of the best wings places of all time, and it it's honestly not even close. Their lemon pepper wings are so good, and if you ever Go to Wingstop. Make sure you get their mango habanero wings because they're they're, so, they're just so good. It has a little bit of sweet, and then it kicks you in the right right in the right in the nuts with the hotness, and it, it's just awesome. I love Wingstop wings. Wingstop is so underrated. Like everyone forgets about Wingstop, and then you go and you're like, wait a second, wait a second, this is good. Yeah, I'm a big Wingstop guy myself. It honestly makes me question why so many people. Um, ride the bandwagon that is Buffalo Wild Wings because Buffalo Wild Wings I feel like is the most well-known wing place in the country or at least from my experience and like it's good I like Buffalo Wild Wings like I like going there it's more fun especially if you're sitting there watching games on the TVs but the like for as expensive as it is it is just not worth it not worth it at all Wingstop is Wingstop is better and cheaper Buffalo Wild Wings is horrible it's absolutely yes. horrible. Their prices are overpriced. Their servers suck. Uh, I don't even really enjoy going there to, to, to watch games anymore. I'd much rather go to Taco Mac, where they have a huge variety of, of beer to choose from, and their food's good. Yep. Or I'd much rather go to Hooters for the wings and for the Hooters. Dude, you're not wrong. Like Taco Mac is infinitely better. Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings might be the most overrated food chain in America. Honestly, when you go there, you're paying for the atmosphere, and that's it. And the atmosphere ain't that good. It's no different than any other sports bar that you could go to. And their food sucks, and their service sucks. Everything Lando said, it's true. They, I, I am an avid hater of Buffalo Wild Wings, and people judge me for it. And I'm like, it. What is there to really like about that place? Like, give me one good reason why I should go to Buffalo Wild Wings and not Taco Mac or Wild Wing Cafe. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, a couple weeks ago, we went to Hooters for the McGregor fight, and the atmosphere was awesome. Like, there were so many people there. The The food was awesome. The Hooters were awesome. And honestly, the, the fight was great. The, the whole fight car was awesome. So, hey, Hooters is awesome. Buffalo Wild Wings, terrible. Don't go there. People sleep on Hooters wings too. Hooters wings are really, really good. Yeah, my favorite wing sauce at Hooters is the uh, spicy garlic because it's it's so good. I love garlic, and then it it has that heat to it. Oh, and, and then you get the curly fries, or if I'm feeling lucky, I'll get the the tater tots. Ooh, yeah. You guys brought up something that I kind of want to I kind of want to uh, take a shot at real quick. You guys brought up Taco Mac. I think Taco Mac is by far the best wing place. I've ever been to in my whole life. I might overrate it a little bit now that I've moved from Nashville and I can't really get it as much. But for those of you that don't know, it's like an Atlanta chain. I don't think they have it anywhere else besides around Metro Atlanta. But the wings are always awesome. They have something called the Brewer University where every time you go, you can get uh, beers put on this app and eventually earn um, some money off beers. You can earn T-shirts. Um, they have beers of the uh, beers of the week. Uh, they do every Thursday. You get like a free mug and some random stuff like that. So, Taco Mac to me, that's that's one thing I've really missed moving here is I just have not found a place like Taco Mac to go to. So, what is what are you guys' best game day stay at home grub? Me personally, I think you can't go wrong with wings. With uh, we were just talking about and barbecue. You you can't you can't really go wrong with that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a wings and barbecue guy. I just got an air fryer, so I've I've air fried some wings, and it's actually not that bad. Trying to be healthy, you know, a little bit healthier. Um, the air fryer is pretty sweet, but I, I just I love grilling, man. I love to smoke 
ribs or a, a butt, whatever. Uh, that's that's my go-to. I, I just any time that I get an excuse to go outside and fire up the, the the charcoal, I'm in. Yeah, like I said earlier, wings have always kind of been my go-to for big games. Whether I'm home, whether I'm out at a bar, um, even at Dingus McGee's in Statesboro, no matter what I'm doing, wings are usually my go-to. Um, now the sides of it is kind of what changes a little bit for me. It could be fries, so feeling healthy. You know, I might go with some celery or some carrots. Not that wings are healthy anyway. Um, at Dingus McGee's, I always go for the cheese sticks to go with the wings. Um, that's one of my favorite meals in this entire world. Uh, that along with a nice, uh, nice pitcher of Bud Light, Dingus McGee's. Uh, but stay at home, yeah. Wings, wings, different kinds of sides. Um, if I'm going away from wings, I probably would go with some barbecue. Um, maybe some, maybe some Moe's if I'm really trying to change it up, but wings are for sure my, my favorite thing to get in. I could really go down the rabbit hole of food and make this show two and a half hours, but (laughs) yeah, I think we've talked enough about food today. Well guys, that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please give us a follow on Instagram at around the keg and on Twitter at around the keg pod. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show. And we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Hope you guys have a great week. See y'all.